Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. The book of Psalms begins with something like, Blessed is the man, the person. And it ends with a sustained fivefold equivalent of, Blessed be the Lord. And today, my friends, we're going to end up with some of that Blessed be the Lord stuff. And this will nicely cap some of the crazy we'll be reading about in between. Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, which is the part of our journey together where we commit together to reading through every word of God's revelation of himself Monday through Saturday, doing a little reflection on Sundays, and considering our own life and work stories in light of all of it. Now, I know you will find this hard to believe, but sometimes people riot for reasons that are entirely fallacious. Of course, the more I study both spiritual warfare and politics, the more I'm convinced that the spirit world is more active in our world today than is commonly believed. But I'm guessing that's a topic for another day. In our New Testament segment, despite the fact that the Holy Spirit has warned Paul that things aren't going to go so well in Jerusalem, at least in human terms, Paul and company have traveled there nonetheless and now. Acts chapter 21, picking up in verse 17. When we reached Jerusalem, the brothers and sisters welcomed us warmly. The following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. And after greeting them, he reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard it, they glorified God and said, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law, but... They have been informed about you, that you are teaching all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to abandon Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or to live according to our customs. So what is to be done? They will certainly hear that you've come. Therefore, do what we tell you. We have four men who have made a vow. Take these men, purify yourselves along with them, and pay for them to get their heads shaved. Then everyone will know that what they were told about you amounts to nothing, but that you yourself are also careful about observing the law. With regard to the Gentiles who have believed, we have written a letter containing our decision that they should keep themselves from food, sacrificing, sacrificed to idols, from blood, from what is strangled, and from sexual immorality. So the next day Paul took the men, having purified himself along with them, and entered the temple, announcing the completion of the purification days when the offering would be made for each of them. When the seven days were nearly over, some Jews from the province of Asia saw him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd, and seized him, shouting, Fellow Israelites, help! This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people, our law, and this place. What's more, he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus the Ephesian in the city with him, and they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. The whole city was stirred up, and the people rushed together. They seized Paul, dragged him out of the temple, and at once the gates were shut. 
As they were trying to kill him, word went up to the commander of the regiment that all Jerusalem was in chaos. Taking along soldiers and centurions, he immediately ran down to them, and seeing the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander approached, took him, took him, meaning Paul, into custody, and ordered him to be bound with two chains. He asked who he was and what he had done, and some in the crowd were shouting one thing and some another. And since he was not able to get it, get reliable information because of the uproar, he ordered Paul to be taken into the barracks. When Paul got to the steps, he had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd, for the mass of people followed, yelling, Get rid of him! <laughs> that sounds like Jesus, right? Sets his eyes on Jerusalem, knowing there's going to be trouble. And when he gets there, he's falsely accused. And what do they say to the Romans? Get rid of him. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the commander, am I allowed to say something to you? The commander replied, you know how to speak Greek? Aren't you the Egyptian who started a revolt some time ago and led 4,000 men of the assassins into the wilderness? Paul said, I'm a Jewish man from Tarsus of Cilicia, a citizen of an important city. Now I ask you, let me speak to the people. After he had given permission, Paul stood on the steps and motioned to them with his hand. And that's the end of chapter 21. So tomorrow we will finish up that particular little speech, but um, we have Samson to get to. But just notice this. Right? Some complain that James and his colleagues imprudently put Paul in jeopardy with their plan to debunk the accusations that he was hostile to Judaism. And Paul's willingness to risk his own life in order to disprove the rumors about his teaching shows that Christian Jews may continue to be zealous, as we heard in verse 20, for the traditions of the fathers. And I think, my friends, we ourselves should remember that Jews don't need to become Gentiles, Gentiles don't need to become Jews, and adapting to contemporary contexts doesn't mean that we jettison the past, let alone jettison what is eternally anchored in the nature and character of God. But we'll come back to that tomorrow. Turning to our Old Testament segment today, today we wrap up the story of Samson, Judges, Chapter 14. Samson went down to Timnah and saw a young Philistine woman there. And what could go wrong? Oh, wait a minute. It doesn't say that. But that's funny anyway, right? Samson went down to Timnah and saw a young Philistine woman there. He went back and told his father and mother, I have seen a young Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as a wife. But his father and mother said to him, can't you find a young woman among your relatives or among any of our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines for a wife? But Samson told his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. Now his father and mother did not know this was from the Lord, who wanted the Philistines to provide an opportunity for a confrontation. At that time, the Philistines were ruling Israel. Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah, and suddenly a young lion came roaring at him. 
And the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him, and he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. Then he went and spoke to the woman, because she seemed right to Samson. After some time, he returned. When he returned to marry her, he left the road to see the lion's carcass, and there was a swarm of bees with honey in the carcass. He swooped, scooped some of the honey into his hands and ate it as he went along. When he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they ate it. But he did not tell them that he had scooped the honey from the lion's carcass. His father went to visit the woman, and Samson prepared a feast there, as young men were accustomed to do. When the Philistines saw him, they brought thirty men to accompany him. Let me tell you a riddle, Samson said to them. If you can explain it to me during the seven days of the feast and figure it out, I'll give you thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothes. But if you can't explain it to me, you must give me thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothes. Tell us your riddle. They replied, let's hear it. So he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. After three days, they were unable to explain the riddle. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, Persuade your husband to explain the riddle to us, or, or we will burn you and your father's family to death. Did you invite us here to rob us? So Samson's wife came to him, weeping, and said, You hate me and don't love me. You told my people of the riddle, but you haven't explained it to me. Look, he said, I haven't even explained it to my father or mother, so why should I explain it to you? She wept the whole seven days of the feast, and at last, on the seventh day, he explained it to her because she had nagged him. <laughs> because she had nagged him so much. Then she explained it to her people. On the seventh day before sunset, the men of the city said to him, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? So he said to them, If you hadn't plowed with my young cow, you wouldn't know my riddle now. <laughs> Who said the Bible's not funny, man? We're just... We're just nailing it here in Judges, right? If you hadn't plowed with my young cow, you would know my riddle now. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him, and he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 of their young men. He stripped them and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. In a rage, Samson returned to his father's house, and his wife was given to one of the men who had accompanied him. Later on, during the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat as a gift and visited his wife. I want to go to my wife in her room, he said, but her father would not let him enter. I was sure you hated her, her father said, so I gave her to one of the men who accompanied you. Isn't her younger sister more beautiful than she? Why not take her instead? Samson said to them, this time I will be blameless when I harm the Philistines. So he went out and caught three hundred foxes. He took torches, turned the foxes tail to tail, and put a torch between each pair of tails. Then he ignited the torches and released the foxes into the standing grain of the Philistines. He burned the piles of grain and the standing grain as well as the vineyards and olive trees. Then the Philistines asked, Who did this? They were told, It was Samson, the Timnite's son-in-law, because he took Samson's wife and gave it to his companion. 
So the Philistines went to her and her father and burned them to death. Then Samson told them, Because you did this, I swear that I won't rest until I have taken vengeance on you. He tore them from limb to limb and then went down and stayed in the cave at the rock of Etam. The Philistines went up, camped in Judah, and raided Lehi. So the men of Judah said, Why have you attacked us? And they replied, We have come to tie Samson up and pay him back for what he did to us. I'm just going to pause. Remember that this was standard fare in ancient Near East culture, right? And part of the problem is that revenge upon revenge upon revenge just never goes, right? It's just this continuing cycle. And uh, I think we even see remnants of that in the world today. But it's useful to remember here that in one sense, this is kind of normal fare. And that's part of what was so radical about Jesus saying, forgive your enemy 70 times seven, right? Continuing, they replied, we have come to tie Samson up and pay him back for what he did to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the cave at the rock of Edom, and they asked Samson, don't you realize that the Philistines rule us? What have you done to us? I have done to them what they did to me, he answered them. They said to him, we have come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. Then Samson told them, Swear to me that you yourselves won't kill me. No, they said, We won't kill you, but we will tie you up securely and hand you over to them. So they tied him up with two new ropes and led him away from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came to meet him shouting. The Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him, and the ropes ropes that were on his arms and wrists became like burnt flax and fell off. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand, took it, and killed a thousand men with it. And then Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey I have piled them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey I have killed a thousand men. When he was finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone and named that place Jawbone Hill. He became very thirsty and called out to the Lord, You have accomplished this great victory through your servant. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? So God split a hollow place at the, in the ground at Lehi, and water came out of it. After Samson drank, his strength returned, and he revived. This is why he named it Hakore Spring, which is still in, the, in Lehi today. And he judged Israel 20 years in the days of the Philistines. Pause. My friends, isn't it just interesting that a God who never authors or ordains evil um, uses it to his purposes and in good intentions, right? Uh, despite nincompoopery, well, chapter 16 coming up. Here's a little more nincompoopery for you. Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute and went to bed with her. When the Gazites heard that Samson was there, they surrounded the place and waited in ambush for him all that night at the city gate. They kept quiet all night, saying, Let's wait until dawn, then we will kill him. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight, and then he got up, took hold of the doors of the city gate along with the two gate posts and pulled them out, bar and all, and he put them on his shoulders and took them to the top of the mountain overlooking Hebron. Some time later, 
little pause in time. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the Sorek Valley. The Philistine leaders went to her and said, Persuade him to tell you where his great strength comes from so we can overpower him, tie him up, and make him helpless. Each of us will then give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me, where does your great strength come from? How could you tie up? How could someone tie you up and make you helpless? Samson told her, If they tie me up with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I will become weak and be like any other man. The Philistine leaders brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him up with them. And while the men were in ambush, waiting in her room, she called out to him, Samson, the Philistines are here. But he snapped the bowstrings as a strand of yarn snaps when it touches fire, and the secret of his strength remained unknown. Then Delilah said to Samson, You have mocked me and told me lies. Won't you tell me how you can be tied up? He told her, If they tie me up with new ropes that have never been used, I will become weak and be like any other man. Delilah took new ropes, tied him up with them, and shouted, Samson, the Philistines are here. But while the men in ambush were waiting in her room, he snapped the ropes off his arms like a thread. Then Delilah said to Samson, You have mocked me all along and told me lies. Tell me, how can you be tied up? And he told her, If you weave the seven braids of my head into the fabric on a loom, and she fastened the braids with a pin and called him, Samson, the Philistines are here. And he woke from his sleep, pulled out the pin with the loom and the web. How can you say I love you, she told him, when your heart is not with me? This is the third time you have mocked me and told me, not told me what makes your strength so great. Because she nagged him day after day and pleaded with him until she wore him out, he told her the whole truth and said to her, My hair has never been cut because I am a Nazarite to God from birth. If I am shaved, my strength will leave me and I will become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah realized that he had told her the whole truth, she sent this message to the Philistine leaders. Come one more time, for he has told me the whole truth. The Philistines' leaders came to her and brought her the silver with them. Then she let him fall asleep on her lap and called a man to shave off the seven braids on his head. In this way she made him helpless and his strength left him, and then she cried, Samson, the Philistines are here. And when he awoke from his sleep, he said, I will escape as I did before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord... I left him. My friends, I just realized we're going to go a little long today, so you're just going to have to hang. The Philistines seized him and gouged his eyes out. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles, and he was forced to grind grain in the prison. But his hair began to grow back after it had been shaved. Now the Philistine leaders gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to their god Dagon, and they rejoiced and said, Our god has handed over our enemy Samson to us. When the people saw him, they praised their god and said, Our god has handed over to us our enemy who destroyed our land and multiplied our dead. When they were in good spirits, they said, Bring Samson here to entertain us. So they brought Samson from the prison, and he entertained them. They had him stand between the pillars. Samson said to the young man who was leading him by the hand, 
Lead me where I can feel the pillars supporting the temple so I can lean against them. The temple was full of men and women. All the leaders of the Philistines were there, and about 3,000 men and women were on the roof watching Samson entertain them. He called out to the Lord, Lord God, please remember me. Strengthen me, God, just once more. With one act of vengeance, let me pay back the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the middle pillars supporting the temple and leaned against them, one on his right, one on his left, and Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. He pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the leaders and all the people in it, and those he killed at his death were more than those he had killed in his life. Then his brother and father's whole family came down, carried him back, and buried him between Zorah and Eshtoal in the tomb of his father Manoah. So he judged Israel 20 years. My friends, in the middle of all that crazy, I don't know about you, but it's sometimes easy to look at people in the Bible and think, how could they be that stupid? Good thing I'm never that stupid. When actually it's a good thing that we have the grace of Jesus that enables us to sing, blessed be the Lord. Psalm 146. Hallelujah. My soul, praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing to my God as long as I live. Do not trust in nobles, in a son of man who cannot save. When his breath leaves him, he returns to the ground. On that day, his plans die. Happy is the one whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever executing justice for the exploited and giving food to the hungry. The Lord frees prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are oppressed. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects resident aliens and helps the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Zion, your God, reigns for all generations. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you and recognize that we, we would still be lost as slaves to our sin were it not for your son. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen. Amen.